is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore can love. Is all that I can give. I also found a cool, cool thing on Martin Luther King's day that I'll talk about. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to All Things SR Podcast. We're listening a little bit to a little Nat King Cole this morning. Love Nat King Cole. <laughs> what a wonderful way to start the weekend here in his beautiful, beautiful voice singing love. I absolutely adore this song. Oh, it's it. Well, Nat King Cole's whole voice was just amazing. I know. Absolutely amazing. Oh. He died much too young. He died much too young, and I regret not being alive to see him perform live. Just, mm-hmm. yes, Betty, classy and romantic. Absolutely. Truly. truly. It doesn't surprise me that SR included this. his music. Because <laughs> SR isn't SR classy and romantic? Absolutely. Or at least, at least romantic. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> Just kidding, SR. You're classy, too. <laughs> anyway, so, so. I'm a little sassy this morning, Pam. Watch out. Okay, I will. <laughs> Oops, I, I got the wrong one going here, you know. So, but let me go back to where I was. I just hit a button too too bad <laughs> on the uh, music. I hope they can hear us. I hope oh, they, they can, can hear us. us. It was just the uh, song. That's all. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I see that. Yes, Betty, classy and with a full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. And Lori says she agrees with us all. And it's so good <laughs> to see everybody. Ellie up again, the early bird on God the west you. coast of the U.S. God Ashley, bless you. Betty, Lori, Annabelle. It's lovely to see you all. I uh, cannot believe we are in the last half of January. I know. I'm a little bit in shock. It's gone by too fast. I'm glad. Yeah, because let's get this month. It's one more day warmer. It's one more day closer to warmer weather. (laughs) (laughs) Although, truthfully, it hasn't been a cold winter so far. So we've been very lucky so far. Mm -hmm. If if winter was like this every year, I'd be, um, I think I could manage it. You think? Yes, I think. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. It's the dark the darkness is tough. But we're getting there. Uh, yeah, we uh I just want this month to get over with so that we can get on with hopefully get out of this funk this country's in. Yes. Well, I think it it'll take a little while. Just like uh, just like getting out of the pandemic. It's going to take a little while. Oh, I know. But I know. we're going to get there. I have I have faith and I have hope. And Annabelle says it's quite mild here today uh, across the pond. So that's lovely to hear. So glad that it's a nice weekend. And mm-hmm. yes, three-day weekend, Ellie, honoring Martin Luther King Jr. in mm-hmm. the U.S. 
Um, and the 20th is almost here. Yes, I have a little bit of something on Dr. King's day I'll share with you guys in a little while. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and I see Kenzie just joined. Good morning, Hello. Kenzie good morning, Kings. Kenzie. From our Midwest, <laughs> our Midwest representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, it's so, been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week. Um, very tumultuous week in the U.S., as <laughs> noted. Um, we are leading up to the inauguration of our 46th president. Very exciting. And as Lori said, there is hope there. Ready for the other guy to hit the road. Oh, yes. God help us. So, you know, I can remember years and years ago the Vietnam protests mm-hmm. at the Lincoln Memorial and stuff like that. Never had a problem. I can remember the Million Woman March four years ago. That's right, with the pink hats. The pink hats, yes, the pussy hats. (laughs) And then um, I can remember, and I can remember 19, it was 1962, I think. We were living in Virginia, and my mom and dad took my sister and I up to visit our grandparents in uh, South Jersey. And on the way from, because we had to do, we had to do a, we lived in Richmond, so we had to do a trip to Norfolk and then go up the coast after that. And on our way up, we picked up a a hitchhiker who happened to be a, 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 somebody in the army who was actually stationed at the White House. And that's where he was going. Oh, wow. So my dad says, yeah, sure, no problem, we'll take you. We we're all in the car. And we're all talking about you know what's Jackie like? What are the kids like? What's you know the whole? Because you know he worked at the White House, and uh, we pulled up the driveway, dropped him off, drove down at the driveway without any worries. <laughs> now you can't even go drive by the White House. I know. Sad. I know. It's the images are really striking and powerful and sad. Mm-hmm. But you have to just keep in mind, too, they're doing this to display force and uh, security mm-hmm. and to say that this is not to be this is not being taken lightly. Um, there's usually an inc- incredible amount of security around the inauguration anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but he, um, you know, having that. And the images from Washington are incredibly powerful and disturbing. Mm-hmm. And I was checking the local news before I go on um, because state capitals also, for those of you who are not in the U.S., um, the state capitals are also under um, under warning. They were going to have um, armed protests there. They were planning to do that anyway, um, but now all the securities ramped up even more. So it's, it's, I, again, I think Betty said we can only go up from here. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that is the direction we're going to go. And I think they're investigating aggressively. I think people realized uh, things went too far. Um, and this is serious and it needs to be treated seriously. So um, I just pray everybody stays safe and well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, very much looking forward to having a uh, new leadership who 
is, are going to, is going to really tackle the pandemic because for me, that's one of the major things that uh, we need to have a really coordinated, strong effort. And I'm, it seems like the plan that they have in place coming in is going to be very effective. So I'm very hopeful for that. And yes, yeah, Kenzie, Kenzie had noted that she said, I can't believe how bad the virus is. I knew it'd be bad, but wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, I feel like more people are getting vaccinated, mm-hmm. and um, it sounds like they're going to put resources behind it to make that a huge national priority, which is what it should have been from the beginning. So, well, you know, <laughs> Betty, maybe the Curia can stop by and help us now that in a sentence <laughs> I never thought I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. God! You know, yeah, I, I would say tear it down, salt the earth, and and flip it all over. <laughs> but I, you can't really do that with the buildings. The holy water went up a lot. <laughs> Betty said, the, "Cleanse with holy water." Yeah. Uh, you know, and... good saging might help get the. Uh... <laughs> that's a lot of sage. The White House is a very large building. I don't know if you've ever toured it, but it's well, a law. It's a very large. Look, it's the, a large property. The the woman who who the, he's nominated for uh, Department of the Interior is actually Native American, so maybe they could come have a Native American blessing put in the house too. That would I I think every blessing from every religion everywhere would be in order. Would be in order yes, especially <laughs> every after the faith. last four years. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Um, Kenzie, I'm not sure about uh, if Biden said he was going to lock us down again. I thought he was not. I thought he was trying to keep everything from that point um, with trying to get aggressive uh, vaccinations. And I know they were talking about the 100 days of wa- of mask, mask wearing. wearing. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. We um, shall see. We've seen how well the masks have worked in the last year with some of our population, but that's another story in and of itself. Well, look, we'll see what happens. I think yeah. they're going to do and recommend whatever the science tells us. Exactly. And, look, and, and one of the things I saw him talk yesterday and he said that I will never bullshit you. I will always tell you the <laughs> truth. As only, as only Joe can say. <laughs> Uncle Joe as I like to call him, Mm -hmm. but now he will be going from vice president to president Biden. So Mm -hmm. we wish the new leadership the best of luck. Do you know, I I have looked, I pray for everybody. I have looked into Canadian citizenship. I know Canada's got just as many problems. I saw something with Justin Trudeau last night, but I, unfortunately at my age, I, I have to stop you there. Canada does not have the level of problems that uh, we do in this country right now. Well, no, Canada but they, has they, have, they have a excusing, lot. I'm not excusing it, but in terms of severity, I mean, if you look at history, this is this is unprecedented it in is, our country since uh, the U.S. Civil War. So. They, well, they are they are having <laughs> just as many problems with uh, the alternative truthers. Mm-hmm. As we are, and Semitism, anti-Semitism, and, and everything like that, because he was that was the address I saw taught, he was talking mm. yesterday. But well, anyway. well, that is something, and that is something interesting that they had said too. The calls and the, you know, desensitizing the population and calling 
and saying about uh, fake news and that the press is the enemy. That has had a repercussion worldwide. And there have been more incidents um, of violence against journalists in the last couple of years. So words do matter, I think, is the is the yep. moral of that story. Yep. And, and we have to keep, uh, keep reminding people that words are important mm -hmm. and that we need to just continue to move forward. So, um, and thank you, Annette. Good morning from Good morning, New Annette, and thank you. I do have a little <laughs> something in my coffee this morning. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, and Kenzie, I like your reminder um, that Jean Ann had shared um, that, we, that we will be light, we will be wearing masks and social distancing for the rest of the year. We need to keep safe, so keep safe, everybody. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We are getting there. We are getting there, but it's yeah. going to be a long, long road. It's a long road ahead. So, And uh, Lori just noted, I saw this morning a business with a reflective glass window, a bench in front of it, and it said, this is for those who will not wear a mask. So you can sit and look at yourself since you are the only one you care about. Wow. Wow. That is a good one. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. But also, you know, I can understand if you're a shop owner who's struggling and suffering mm -hmm. because they've of, of this pandemic and the fact that folks who haven't been wearing masks are perpetuating it and keeping it going longer. I can understand the shop owner's frustration. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, it's uh, there's a lot. Uh, and. Kenzie was noting she still needs to try her chicory coffee. Um, deliciousness. I want to go to New Orleans to have chicory coffee. And we will when this thing is over. We're well, coming uh, down to see you absolutely. in Absolutely. I, I was this morning I was trying to make that I was gonna make beignets and I, I realized I didn't have enough oil to cook the beignets with. So mm. that will be my uh shopping trip today <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good uh, one and and annabelle said i no time for people who won't wear masks it's not a high price to pay mm -mm. yes i agree this is it's it's just part of being safe and being um listening to your physicians really um and i i love the fact that <laughs> betty said i need to remind gabriel that words matter. The next time he wants to call Paul an angel, blank. <laughs> mm -hmm. Words do matter. They do. They do. Uh, Kenzie has also been to Cafe Dumont, but she has not tried the chicory coffee yet. And also she asked SR to adopt her. Um, Ontario went into lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, JK, just kidding. Uh -huh. Hey, hey, we've already tried to uh, get a space in his garage, Kenzie. You'd be you'd be in good company. Yeah, you would. I think I think, a few I think of there's us would a be. lot of a lot of people wanting to uh, <laughs> go. I actually talked to someone uh, the other the other day. Um, on a, on a group chat and uh, she's not from the U.S. And she said, I'm just surprised you just don't leave the country until this whole thing blows up. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> nobody wants us. 
<laughs> we can't go to any of them. That's true. I'm, and I'm saying that in jest. There are, there are borders now that are open to, to U.S. citizens, but um, everybody's still trying to be very, resp- you know, very much stop the spread of disease. So, mm-hmm. uh, Hot chocolate and beignets. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, Ashley. Ashley also loves the Café du Monde. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I, I, love, I love that part of the country. It's a great place to be. I'm not going in summer, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not going in summer. Anyway. I know. So, do we have news from... We, uh, well, we've got some. Amy got kinda, a little bit. I, yes. Uh, I know. The great tease. The great tease is what he is. Yes, he says good news is coming on more than one front, but I can't announce anything yet. And hopefully this month there will be a couple of announcements. Uh, But I'm hopeful filming will resume on Gabriel's Rapture soon. And I'm continuing work on my new book, which is good. Yay! Yay. And uh, just as as a a footnote to uh, opening in Italy... I, there was a, a discussion going on yesterday. Apparently, some Italian publication had mentioned that Giulio and his, his girlfriend, Maria Bacci, whatever her name is, um, were asked to be on some reality show from Italy. For Italy. And it's, <laughs> it's hopeful, to hope that Giulio would uh, propose on live TV to Maria. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, okay. Don't, don't follow oh those Italian gosh. gossip rags. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, they can dream. They can dream. I, I don't see that happening. Well, they, they, they also mentioned that he was... They'd have to throw good money, but you never yeah. know. They also Some men- people are into that. They also mentioned <laughs> that he was filming an American uh, uh, TV series, a um, an American TV series playing on a digital network. Ah. So, anyhow. Ah. <laughs> well, um, and and just to clarify, that piece was other news, um, not SR specific news. SR didn't share that no, with us. That, that was just I, my footnote added to SR's news. Yes. Because I think Italy's in a lockdown at the moment, so. Yeah. And, and Annette says, and I thought the paps here were crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. They're awful there. Try, they're, they're, um, from everything I've heard, they're awful there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. The, the other um, thing that SR wanted to say is he hopes everybody is doing all right during this continued season of COVID and uh, during what looks like a tense time in the U.S. And I hope things get better. Thank you, SR. Yes, it's beginning to look a lot like covid Everywhere we go. Sorry, you you have to laugh at it sometimes because if you don't, if you take it too seriously, you're gonna it 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 screws your head. Yes, (laughs) I I um you do have to you do have to keep your sense of humor when in times of challenge. Absolutely. Uh, So, and I and also you have to find solace in things that you enjoy. Mm Uh, if you can read a fantastic book like anything SR writes, or uh, if you can watch some great um, creative series on television or movies, uh, music, 
Mm-hmm. And of course, walking, exercising, writing, creating, baking, whatever makes you happy and brings you a little joy That's and solace. Right. That you is know, right. So. It really, it really, really can help. And uh, <laughs> Betty, I need to see what you were. Uh, Betty was talking about a scripted show, perhaps Gabriel and Julia. Uh, a Gabriel and Julia reality show would be fun. There's another fan fiction idea for you, Ashley. Um, Betty said, baby Claire throwing up on Gabriel, Rachel imagining Becky and Richard are having an affair, Julia flaunting her flat stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Betty. Yes. See that creativity. Keep channeling that my friend. And Paul. Great. And Paul looking for his Elizabeth. Anyhow. (laughs) <laughs> so we are going back to our chapter 12 mm-hmm. of Gabriel's promise. Speaking of Gabriel and Julia, see, you like the transition there. Yeah, that was good. Oh, thank you. And Lori, I agree. Betty is a genius. Um, <laughs> we begin chapter 12 at the end of the day. It's just before midnight. And Julia's nursing Claire and Gabriel's playing with his wedding ring and he's kind of twirling it around on his finger Um, while concentrating on their conversation. The back of his mind is the email he's not yet shared with his wife. And so, you know, you can kind of see him again now that we have actors who have played these characters. You can almost visualize the actors portraying this in a a film version of this Mm -hmm. um, book. Please, Passion Flicks, please. Um, And he's kind of fiddling with his ring. And he was reflecting that Julia had wanted to wait on having a family. And, you know, look how things turned out. There they were um, in the midst of feeding their daughter, um, who they didn't anticipate having this soon. And then this news that he wants to share with his wife Mm -hmm. is going to change everything. It's going to completely upend things again. So one of the questions we asked SR as uh, the chapter began was, does Gabriel typically play with his wedding ring? Um, And we mentioned, he mentioned it on during this chapter and we were asking and SR says, I think it's probably an unconscious habit. He wouldn't realize that he's actually doing it. So good to know. Mm -hmm. You can tell what he's in thought. And I can see that. I mean, there are a lot of men who've never worn jewelry who now have a wedding ring on that they're always playing with it, you know, unconsciously. It mm-hmm. happens. It does. It does. So As long as they don't it... take it off when they go out. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. And Betty, well, hey, man, anything goes. Um, Betty said maybe only when he's nervous. Mm-hmm. So that's also... Um, that's also could play into it. Um, so he, as he sit, he's standing there watching, uh, Julie with Claire, he shook himself off, proceeded to tell her about the conversation he had with father Fortin. And he said, Rachel is correct. Um, the official godparent must be Catholic. And, um, I'm seeing in the chat room, Ellie said her husband spins his ring and, Mm -hmm that Betty plays with her pendant when she's nervous. And, and I just, I think, up a, I think a lot of people do that. Um, and you know, I, I think that, you know, it's just, it's 
just a habit. It could just be something uh, you do when you're um, in thought, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, he was saying, yes, he, you know, Rachel was right. And Julia told him that Rachel would feel hypocritical being an official godparent because based on their conversation that they had. And Gabriel said he wanted to talk to Rachel. He offered to talk to her and um, he was saying that as Claire finished her feeding and little Claire was looking up at her mother and Gabriel said he would take her um, and, and while, Gabe, while Julia um, gets her blouse buttoned up again or her nightshirt as it may be. Um, you know, Gabriel was thinking about, yeah, I'll talk to, I'll talk to her. If, if, if Rachel's feeling so strongly about that way, maybe I need to talk to her. And so we asked us our, why did Gabriel feel that he should be the one to speak to Rachel after Julia had already chatted with him, her. Mm -hmm. And he said, Gabriel thinks that because he's the older brother, um, he should chat with her. So that makes perfect sense to me. And, mm -hmm. and Betty had noted again, I'm shocked Gabriel didn't Google this info about the godparents. And she said, I understand Julia forgetting to do the research while she was pregnant because she was under a lot of stress. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think though too, Gabriel was so taken with all the other details that I, and I, and I think he was concerned with getting through the delivery I don't think he thought about um, and, and and bringing the baby home. I don't think he he thought about the godparent issue. And I also think he may not have just it may never have even crossed their minds because they kind of assumed that it was a given that they could name the godparent and there weren't requirements around being a godparent. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, and it could be too that it could just. Be, I mean. I I don't when I had Patrick I don't really I never really thought about the fact that you couldn't have a you know that one of the godparents had to be Catholic I didn't oh see and for us that was a huge that was a huge issue because we knew the godparents had to be we we knew you had to have a Catholic as a godparent well and yeah. then we had to really think about who would who that would be um <clears throat> so it was yeah it's something to consider mm-hmm and Ellie also noted, I think it's also just an unfamiliarity of parenthood and children. After all, they are academics. That's true. That's... So really good point, Ellie. So little sweet Claire was wiggling in Gabriel's arms and protesting until her father's hand was on her back. And Gabriel has that soothing touch with his daughter, which I think is so sweet. Mm -hmm. um, Julia fixed her pajama top while gazing at Gabriel's left tattoo. And, you know, as they're talking about it, she said, you know, we really need to let Rachel just be. She's dealing with a lot and she shouldn't be uncomfortable by us pressuring her. We have to give her some time and space. Mm -hmm. And Gabriel said that he would speak with her, especially if she has doubts and that if they're really serious. And, you know, Julia said, you know, Rachel, Rachel's doubts uh, were caused by suffering. You know, she's missing grace. She's grieving that she cannot have children. And, you know, on top of that, now she's afraid about of Richard um, l 
going off with Rebecca and she feels like she might be losing her father in, in the midst of this as well as, as dealing with all of these other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, Betty, baby Claire is too cute. <laughs> and how can Julia focus on anything with a shirtless Gabriel? I know. Right. Uh, oh my gosh. Sigh mm-hmm. distractions, but mm-hmm. you know what? She's, you know, she, she sees them day in and day out now. So She's used to the beauty. Familiarity uh, breeds contempt sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, unless you keep things interesting. And I think I think uh, Julia and Gabriel are have a, a way of keeping things interesting. I'm sure they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's in, her, in them. <laughs> it is. It is. Plus, it's their connection. Yes. and. And, and Betty, I agree with you. Rachel is going through a lot and she, I think she needs therapy to help her co- cope with everything. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. I really agree with that. I was actually surprised Julia didn't mention that to her, but maybe she just wanted to be the listener and the supportive presence um, without pressuring her on that point as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Betty would be drooling if Paul was bare chested. Of course you would. <laughs> We expect nothing less, Betty. Absolutely. So, uh, I think it's just so cool, you know, the way they go through this. Mm -hmm. And And Kenzie noted she was hearing some background noise, uh, charger. Yeah, that was my charger. I just unplugged uh, my, I'm I'm leading off my iPad, so. Ah, okay. Thanks, Kenzie. Yes. And uh, I have a, I don't, I think it's the cords faulty, and because it, it, it goes off and on and off and on. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we asked why did Julie mention that Rachel's problem is what she wasn't seeing, what that she wasn't seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. And he says Julie is a SR said Julie is aware. I think that both Richard and Gabriel have seen Grace since she died, but Rachel hasn't. Julia probably thinks that Rachel would feel better if she had one more chance to communicate with her mother. Yes. And actually, Pam, we need to read the paragraph above that. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. We're right there. I mean, it's, it's all about Grace's grieving that's true. with Grace. That's true. I'm sorry. But I, I've, got a, I've got a cat that's I trying know. to walk on my keyboard at the same time. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything I'm like, but we're missing an important piece. So uh, I better backtrack no, it. No, it's okay. So Gabriel's like, you know, following Julia's, where, where Julia's gazing at his chest. And he seemed to lose himself in a momentary memory of a drug and alcohol infused haze that precipitated in the tattoo. Mm, and, flashback. Yeah. And the pain was dull, but not sharp, but there was pain. So he kissed Claire's head and then looked over at Julie and said, a brown-eyed angel spoke to him in his grief. She helped him. Julia said, she she helped you by loving you and by listening. Words would not heal Rachel's sorrow right now, which they probably wouldn't. Right. And uh, Gabriel noted that she's more Franciscan in her theology, in her ideology. Yes. He always points that out, which I think is great. Yeah. I remember asking SR one time, you've got Franciscan, Dominican, uh, and what was the other, Jesuit, 
um, philosophies all going through there. And I said, what about the Augustinians? He says, oh, they're there too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she's, you know, he's continually rubbing Claire's back and saying that Rachel was not going to lose her father. She's seen ghosts, but Julia disagreed, but said that her problem was that she's not seeing ghosts, which, yes. I, you, know, you know, that is the truth. She's not. And, and not I think, again, this, this is awesome. Um, you know, you've often talked about how SR will weave in a lot of the other the metaphysical, the mm-hmm. otherworldly, the supernatural. And um, I, I liked the way this was woven in in this chapter. Yeah. So she reminded him of his visit with his mother and Maya when he was in Selins Grove, but he had never told Rachel. And, you know, Richard really hadn't. She's, he's been seeing Grace in his dreams, uh, but Gabriel was not certain that he had mentioned that to Rachel either. And... You know, I, I see on the comments, um, Kenzie noted that she finds it so fascinating that SR wrote about visits from Grace and the links to the supernatural world mm-hmm. because she's experienced that. And Lori wants to hear about that. She said it's interesting. And and I do know that we've actually, I actually had a discussion last night with mm-hmm. my husband and my daughter um, about visitations, um, about uh, seeing having people visit you in the dreams, but mm-hmm. also about, um, quote unquote, haunted spaces. One of the, one of the places where my daughter works allegedly has, um, spirits and they have heard, you know, they have heard them, mm-hmm. um, nothing negative, you know, but it's a, a little unsettling. And, um, I, I, I thought too, this woven in to this book, I just finished Effie's, uh, Effie Kamenos, The Gift Saga. If you Mm -hmm. haven't read it, definitely read it. It's beautiful. I literally finished it last night at two in the morning. I couldn't put it down. Um, And there are also, uh, uh, there's visits in that book Mm -hmm. from, uh, in dreams. I'm a firm believer in it. I mean, I I know that I've had, um, I've spoken about it many times about, you know, when I'm dreaming of my, my, my aunt Kay, she was uh, my dad's sister, and she visits me, and it's always like in that twilight area of sleep. Yes. So, but I believe it happens. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I've I've had that happen myself, and Bet Ped Kenzie says she's had a few experiences, and Annette notes there are times when we are visited um, by many people who have passed, to, mm-hmm. and they visit to help soothe you when you're in need of it. Absolutely. So I, 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 I agree with that. And I do. Yeah. Aunt, well, Aunt Kay was, it's, a, it's a comfort. It's a comfort. Aunt Kay always comes in, to in me many when instances. there was, Aunt Kay always comes to me when there's trouble brewing. Mm. I don't know what to warn me, I guess. So anyway. Right. So, so then Gabriel decides to change <laughs> the subject to Catherine. It's halftime show. <laughs> I know. And, uh, you know, he was fond of Catherine, and uh, they, you know, thought, you know, wondered if they should ask her. And Julia thought it was a good choice, and she, yeah, she's staring at her husband's tousled hair and his bare chest and his tartan plaid mm. pajama bottoms. <laughs> watching him adjust Claire on his shoulder. And she's, so yes. She's, so she's 
picking up uh, and and also he's like murmuring to her, you know. I could can you imagine what Gabriel's baby talk would be like? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe just Italian or, or Latin. <laughs> <laughs> a Latin baby talk. That would be interesting. Anyway. <clears throat> if anyone would do it. <laughs> he would. So he's like, you know, he's got, she's got her camera out and she's posting pictures and, uh, you know, taking all these pictures and, and <clears throat> looking at every single moment being uh, immortalized like a, you know, Gabriel was reminding her that this was uh, uh, not filming a documentary, just uh, being immortalized. And, uh, you know, just, you know, I, and he's moving the baby back and forth on his shoulders and stuff. And I was like, and I just thought about it when I was writing all this up, is thinking about it was, Remember in the in in Gabriel's Inferno when he's flying back from Canada after Grace's funeral and and he had a baby that peed on his pants. Yes. And he threw him away. <laughs> I and I, it's just it's funny when I I read that whole thing too you know um, the epic the epic uh, puke yes. the baby puke yes. and I I just think what how far has Gabriel come <laughs> really from that moment on the plane when to he this. was yeah. talking about. With this Dane about this child, to now being a father, it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible. The evolution of the character is just incredible. I know. So as, as uh, you know, she as she christens him, you know, and I, it, it's always somebody in the family always gets christened by baby puke. Mm -hmm. I, 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 fortunately, it was not me. Unfortunately for my sister, it was her. She. Oh no. She she came up one weekend to steal Patrick away for a weekend with my mom, and uh, she's feeding the baby and going to pat you know for Patrick and she's you know she's in her nightgown she's got a sweater over the nightgown and she you were just all hanging around having coffee. Patrick let it go, and not only did it get all over her, it went down into her nightgown. So she had to. Oh. So she had to shower with everything on. <laughs> yes, so. Betty says she got that from the blessedness 2.0. Mm -hmm. He gave me multiple baby showers, um, and uh, as as Betty said, "Hey Gabriel, remember that time you puked all over Julia? Karma." <laughs> <laughs> Great line, Betty. Great, Great line. line. You right. are you are on fire today. Um, and I want to say hi to Jenny's who just joined us. So and good morning or good afternoon. And mm -hmm. Anna, it's great to see you. Um, glad you could join us this morning. So, but and I, Anna notes a different, it's different when it's your own baby's puke or pee or poo. You are right about that. It, it, that's it, true. It, and you know what? My mom always told me that because one of the, th I, when I was babysitting growing up, I, I, I really didn't like babysitting babies that had to have diapers changed. Just so gross. <laughs> and in those days, they were not disposable diapers. They were cloth That's diapers. the truth. They're cloth. And, uh, I... yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so, so as, as <laughs> Julie is laughing, so, as Gabriel's telling her that she doesn't need to be, fill, you know, take any more pictures, she says, well, yes, yes, I do. I must. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh -huh. I just love it. 
So just that one other side note, my, when, uh, my, I remember my uncle John, um, when his first son was born, my cousin Johnny, and, uh, that was his christening and they, uh, he took him upstairs to change him with a martini shaker in hand and a glass as well. Um, put Johnny on the changing table. And of course, little boys, they, when you change the diaper, a lot of times they pee and it goes all over. Just mm -hmm. missed me one time and just missed my husband one time. But um, he had, so what he did rather, because he kept doing it, rather than change him, he just put a diaper on top, laid it across the front of him and drank his martini <laughs> while he, the baby peed all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I know Anna had, Anna had mentioned that. She mm -hmm. said, moms of boys know the pee. <laughs> oh yeah. I just, oh, yeah. I just. I just know that because I had two daughters, obviously, but I just remember I did a lot of babysitting. I was laughing when you said that, Pam, because I that never bothered me. It really, unless there was a really horrible incident, it really <laughs> never bothered me um, about changing diapers, even the cloth ones. I, I, I have done both, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, I learned very quickly that you have to always have the little guy covered. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or else you get surprised. Uh, girls were much easier in that in that uh, respect. They are. Um, yeah. And as as Lori says, yep, it's true. Uh, you learn this fast, and mm -hmm. then that said, not fun in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, no, I can only no. imagine. That but, and and Anna that. was Anna mentioned that they now sell what they call these PPTPs for when you <laughs> change. And, and I I have gotten them for baby showers when I knew that the baby was going to be a boy. So that is, you, you know, how did we survive without these things? I know it's a miracle. It's I a know. miracle. It is a miracle. <laughs> so, you know, as, as he's cleaning himself off, he's looking, she's looking, he's looking at Claire and Claire's just up at her father. As only a sweet little girl could do. And uh, oh, no, oh says, my gosh, it'd be so great on the screen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never laugh with Daddy, would you, Principessa? <laughs> and uh, it's a look to of understanding peace passed between them, and he held her up close to his nose, and and uh, he said, "Of course you wouldn't. That's my girl." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, I love it. So we asked uh, SR, why did Gabriel not press the issue about speaking with Ray? Oh, I already said that. <laughs> and and uh, that was when uh, he thought that Gabriel's in, is trusting Julia's instincts rather than further the discussion that wouldn't be productive that they were. They should respect Rachel's wishes. Yeah, they need I'm to. I'm feeling good this Just... morning. Hey. I'm blaming in that. <laughs> Hey, it, it's all good, Tammy. Yeah. It's all good. I'm blaming Annette <laughs> and the Crown Royal. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so Julia took another picture of the moment. And as you can only imagine, a fully suited Gabriel is very sexy. But a shirtless Gabriel crooning at their daughter was true beauty itself. And... Uh, of course, this is what got Julia's heart fluttering, and you can tell she um, it just started. Things started heating up a little bit. She mm -hmm. walked over, kissed Gabriel, and suggested that they get Claire to bed. Then she whispered, "So they 
could go to bed. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel looked at her abdomen and asked her, are you, um, and she said, nothing had changed there. They're still in their six week window, <laughs> mm-hmm. but she had something creative she'd like to do for him. So giving her a heated look, he told Mrs. Emerson, he was always impressed with her creativity. Um, and, but he noted she did fate earlier this morning and he, you know, of course he mm-hmm. was concerned. So Julia kissed him again saying it was true, but she was eager to take care of her handsome, sexy husband. <laughs> Creative Julia. Creative Julia. And, um, Betty said, I guess this means Gabriel with a bow tie is not sexy. <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant. No. I just think it was levels, levels of sexy. How's that? Yeah. Or maybe just sexy in the moment. Um, I think it was sexy at the moment, big time. Anyway. Yes. And, um, and Pam, I realized I, I read earlier. We are having a morning, aren't we? Yes, Um, we are. (laughs) Go ahead. So Gabriel was now dancing a jig with Claire, telling her that her mother was very beautiful and daddy was getting lucky. Um, that's such a guy thing. To Daddy's, think. Getting lucky. Lucky. Daddy's, Daddy's getting lucky. Daddy's getting lucky. Yep. So you can almost see him dancing around the room um, in his excitement. Because mm-hmm. he's been through a little bit of a dry spell, I guess. Uh, they've both been in the intimacy, the physical intimacy mm-hmm. uh, arena, um, given the fact they have a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying, let's get you cleaned up and into bed, my sweet angel. So he put her on the changing table, <laughs> and this part was cracking me up, too. He retrieved a pair of surgical gloves that were in a box nearby, um, and Rachel had mocked him unmercifully for that, but he was not deterred. And I actually think that's very funny, because that would be a, a great thing to see on the screen, too. Um, mm-hmm. Rachel um, just going after him about wearing these surgical gloves. Yeah, pulling them on and diapers. snapping them. Yep. Mm-hmm. He undid the snaps of little Claire's sleeper and freed her legs, undid her diaper. Sturkus <laughs> is what he exclaimed, which uh, we learn um, is Latin for baby poop, poop. right? Baby, baby poop. poop. The color of the Sturkus was not the color he was familiar with. It defied description, definition, and the laws of nature. <laughs> I thought this was really funny the way it I did. I, I do too. Um, he, in fact, thought it was probably the product of a changeling, <laughs> since nothing foul could co- have ever been emitted from the sweet angelic being. Um, and the changelings, as you know, are the um, the if, mythic. If you, well, the kind of mythical, folkloric. Um, if, yes, in in. in, in Irish and folklore Irish and Scottish folklore, right? Yeah, and Irish fo- folklore is if you didn't want to take care of your baby at night and the fairies would come in and take the baby and replace it with a changeling. Yes. So that he was, you know, he said certainly that had to have been the case here. Um so he gazed longingly at the doorway hoping that a certain brown-eyed angel would come in and rescue him. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I was laughing because uh, Betty goes, welcome to parenthood, Gabriel. Been there and done that. But babies, babies are cute. But holy cow, they produce unworldly things. And that is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the whole 
instance of him longing for her to walk through the door to take over this duty makes me laugh because I know you always feel that way, right? If you're changing a diaper and it's really mm-hmm. horrific, you're like, oh my gosh, can someone else please do this? I know. Um, so no such luck. He was hoping that she was, uh, actually, as he was considering it, he was hoping that Julie was beginning certain sensual activities by herself. He was hoping <laughs> she was getting ready uh, for him. So we asked SR, come on, SR, why did Gabriel insist on wearing surgical gloves to change Claire's diaper? His response was, why wouldn't one wear surgical gloves to change a diaper? (laughs) Question mark, exclamation point. Well done, sir. Yes, well well done. done. I laughed when I saw that response, too. I just thought this whole thing was, and I'm thinking, I bet SR did that. I bet SR, if ever tasked with changing a diaper, pulled out surgical gloves. I could totally see it. (laughs) I think that's so funny. Um, Well, it it reminds me of a movie that I saw one time. I I think it might have been Three Men and a Baby or something. Mm -hmm. The the guy was changing the diaper. Not only did he didn't have surgical gloves, but he had rubber gloves, a face mask, (laughs) the goggles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Right. Like they were going in. Mm -hmm. And Um, and like a laboratory uh, apron (laughs) in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) I actually put that quote in the chat box because I thought it was so funny. Um, and and get Betty, yes, I agree. I, she she said she um, thinks the diaper changing experience will help Gabriel be a little more humble. Um, I think I think parenthood is going to make uh, Gabriel a little uh, more humble. And uh, Anna said, "I'm surprised the nursery wasn't fitted with a respirator for the professor." Um, Betty said, I understand wearing a face mask, but I never considered the surgical gloves. (laughs) (laughs) And she agrees with Anna. So um, it's funny, you know, parenthood does change you. And, and, uh, you know, as as the story goes on, you can see that uh, there was a time when Gabriel probably would have rewrapped the baby and handed her over to her mother. Of of course. And he did contemplate this for a New York minute. uh, But Claire was his daughter the fruit of his loins and a miracle to boot. So it would not be fitting to make Julianne do everything. Um, even the disposal of this nuclear waste. (laughs) (laughs) Again, really, he wrote, this was so funny the way he wrote it. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like, no, he was responsible for this little life that looked at him totally unaware of the noxious emission that she was now inflicting on her paternal parent. So he just held his breath and, Got rid of the toxic substance, cleaning mm-hmm. her up, putting on ointment, providing her with a brand new clean diaper. Um, yeah, you know, you and, have you have a tendency of learning that uh, when you know for uh, that for those times that you breathe through your mouth, not through your nose. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Betty said she was surprised Gabriel actually contemplated giving the baby to Julia. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. I'm and not and surprised it's just kind either. of like a thought like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I'm tired. And, and Betty said, you want a baby Gabriel now change the diaper. You are both equals. Both get to change the diaper. Well, <laughs> and you know, that's true. That's and true. I, think, I think that's what I think intellectually that's what went through his head, you know, uh, but, feel his feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with this to the, oh, but this is my daughter. I, I am responsible for her. It's it's it, I'm with her in 
I'm with Julia in parenting this child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think <laughs> I think all new fathers think that too. And yeah, I, I, yes, yes. <laughs> and Kenzie said that is what he gets for shaming that baby who vomited on him in the airplane. <laughs> Absolutely, karma's a bitch, baby. <laughs> so as as he was cleaning up little Claire. He wandered into his foray of music, um, singing Nat King Cole's mm-hmm. L-O-V-E, which you heard as we entered the show this mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. And as he was beginning to sing that, he also apologized for his Latin profanity to little Claire. He didn't want her to be offended. And she just gazed at him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he deposited the diaper in the waste pail so he would get out at which he would get out of the house as soon as possible. Um, it did not belong in his house or property. To think right. otherwise was barbarous. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. Oh my gosh! Yes, only clean, secure the secure the toxins right away. Absolutely. So he was doing that, and as he was, he thought about Julia waiting for him in the other room. So he took off the gloves, put them in the pail as well. Then as a precaution, he cleaned his unsoiled hands, not once, but twice with antibacterial wipes. Um, because Gabriel is nothing less than thorough. Mm-hmm. And then with the precision of a monk who had gone through self-flagellation, <laughs> he redressed Claire, <laughs> swaddled her completely in a large blanket, and then cuddled her to his chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, while rubbing circles on her back, he started singing Blackbird by the Beatles. And he kissed her head and asked what she thought of daddy's new music. She yawned indifferently. Mm-hmm. And he kissed her and carried her into the master bedroom. So, again, I would love to see this on screen. And Ashley had said, I want this to happen so much. Julia singing, um, love, I'm going to cry if this happens. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it would be so beautiful to see um, him portraying Gabriel um, with a, a baby. I just, uh, I just think it would be just lovely. Um, and Annette noted that this is Gabriel getting a second chance. As much as he would want to pass it off, he doesn't want to miss anything. No. And I think that's a very, very good point, Annette. Mm-hmm. No, he realizes what a gift this is, especially after the loss of Maya. Um, and the fact that he didn't even think he'd be able to father, father a child. Uh, bio- biologically father a child. So, um <laughs> <laughs> and Julia said, or Betty said, Julie will change Claire how to cur- or uh, teach Claire how to wait, 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 how to curse in German. Yeah, Scheiße. Scheiße. Yes, yes. That that <laughs> Claire will be well versed. Oh yes, <laughs> in many different languages, I'm sure. Yes, and Kenzie said, I'm not sure if you need right now if he needs right to sing a song in the movie mm-hmm. he does need to sing a song in the movie kenzie yeah. i think as as a father i could totally see that sure i i just i think though i think the thing is though is, is if it does go into a movie it is having to pass through the universal movie thing where you know so you can get the permission to use it in in whatever right that right could, that can be tough i don't that think i know i don't think I don't think they're going to be able to do that for either either one of those songs. But even if there's just a generic um, melody, that's true. 
I and this scene might not even be in. Yeah. Um, you know. Lisa, we yes. will find Ken, out. And, yes, and Kenzie, we agree with you. Uh, she meant if she about passion flicks acquiring rights to the song. Right. Yeah, and thanks for clarifying because my mind's not working that quickly this morning. Mine's got Crown um, Royal in it. So anyway, <laughs> we asked us. We asked us sorry about the music in the chapter, um, and uh, he said that he's glad you enjoyed the music and featured the song Scable could hum or sing in the middle of the night with little effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yes. yeah, I, I think that would be uh, definitely uh, uh, something. Um, so I've, I've, I looked up, I just looked up the songs a little bit. Uh, Love was written by uh, Bert Kempfert and Milk Gabler and recorded by uh, Nat King Cullen on a live album from 1965. And really not too much story about that. Blackbird on it's the such other, a great song. It's it is a beautiful a song. song. It is a beautiful mm-hmm. song. Blackbird, on the other hand, was... Uh, had, I found a lot of stuff on that. And, you know, being... Tons that, of it stuff was, on I that. know. You know, it was written by Paul McCartney and, and credited to Lennon and McCartney, like all Beatles songs um, are. And uh, according to the according to Paul, the lyrics were inspired not just by the a blackbird singing outside a window when he was in India, when the Beatles were in India studying with the Maharishi. Um, it, but it it also reflected to. Um, the school young school girl that was going the black girl that was going to school in uh, Arkansas and that right. whole thing and because a bird a bird in England in that time was was a woman I don't a girl I don't know whether they still do that or not to be honest they with you, I but. think I think they do actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We have an expert, Annabelle. That's true, Annabelle. You can let <laughs> our, us know. Our, 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 our girls our still birds. Women in uh, in Britain. It, maybe it's out of vogue now. It could be. Um, I don't know. But anyway, so it went on. And he, the, the, the opening chords of that particular song were influenced by Johann Sebastian Bach's Brewery in E minor. And while that piece was played on a lute, you can I know you can find a lot of videos out there where it's being played on a classic guitar. Um, and also, Paul said he and George, when they were first starting out, tried to master that particular piece of music so that they could show be show-offs. So, uh-huh. yeah. And he said in a 2002 interview, he says, I actually just remembered why I'd written Blackbird. You know, that I'd been, I was in Scotland playing on my guitar and I remembered this whole idea of you were only waiting for this moment to arise was about, you know, the black people's struggle in the southern states. And I'm using the symbolism of a black bird. It's not really about a black bird whose wings are broken, you know. It's more a bit more symbolic. Right. And I, I think... You had, as you had noted, I think it was the Little Rock Nine. I yes, think that was the yes. incident. Little Rock, it, it, and I. Um, uh, what's his and name? And that that was about when they were trying to integrate the high school, right? Well, in well, 1957, well, and there were nine African American students. Well, there was um, also a little girl in Arkansas um, mm-hmm. who who was also helped. She was a young girl. In fact, she's she. I think she was only like five or six at the time. 
and she was being escorted into school by uh, by marshals because yeah. of the of the protests about her going to the school. And um, Norman Rockwell painted a, a, a picture of that for the Saturday mm-hmm. Evening Post that she was so involved with. So, uh, you know, so, but he, he just went on saying he had in mind a black woman rather than a bird. And uh, those days of the civil rights movements, which all of us cared passionately about. So this really is a song for me to a black woman experiencing the problems in the States. Let me encourage you to keep trying to keep your faith. There is hope. I thought that was a good quote. I think that's a really good yeah. quote. So, but it was, you know, it's interesting. Also, if you've noticed in the, in the, in the music itself, um, you can hear a lot of finger picking in the guitar and that's something I've always aspired to, to be a finger picking guitar player. Uh, um, and it's not all that easy. Well, it's not that easy for me to play guitar period. Cause I don't know how, but cause I can never get the chords right. But, um, he said that the person who taught him how to, to play the song with the finger picking was Donovan, who was a, uh, a um, folk he, singer. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He was a folk singer. He did uh, Sunshine Superman and uh, a few other, um, you know, really interesting songs from the mid-60s and the early British mm-hmm. invasion, which I tend to like anyway. But. I do too. I, and I like that quote. I'm putting it in the chat box um, that you just read. And mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that, well, first of all, I, I saw Annabelle did get back to us. She said, um, it, bird is actually a derogatory term if a man calls you that, to be honest. And I think that that's why I was saying, I think it's kind of, it might be out of vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, kind of like the honey or the, Hun. You know, it's yeah, okay, hun. Hun. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not hun. I guess. Well, it depends but, upon but that how it's kind said. of that kind of uh, a little um, mm-hmm. back in the 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 days before uh, tr- you know before more um, norms uh, and more expectations of equality and mm-hmm. um, equal treatment and respectful treatment of women um but i yeah i annette i love the beatles too and i i can tell you um i had a chance not once but twice i was very lucky as some of you had heard um to see paul mccartney mm-hmm. um perform i took my mother as a gift um a couple years ago and then um in 2017 i think um, who, she, my mother actually saw the Beatles when they were together, when they first came to the U.S. in the 60s and was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. So it was a really special moment. And he performed Blackbird in the show, and he actually shared his story about why he wrote it. And it was incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I lucked out because I was at a conference in Austin, Texas, um, and they were having... Uh, they were having the music festival and who was one of the acts performing, but Paul McCartney. So we were able to go see him perform outside and it was just as magnificent. Mm-hmm. So you're very um, lucky. That's one. I, I, I mean, it was beyond anything I ever dreamed 
and the fact I, it, I, I will always treasure that. And for me, one of the most powerful performances of his whole perform of his whole show was Blackbird. Mm -hmm. It just was, um, incredibly emotional. And when I was telling Pam and I were talking about the podcast, I said, I can't believe we're actually talking about this song and talking about the civil rights movement over, we couldn't have planned this better, Pam, because we were talking about it over Martin Luther um, King in the U.S., Martin Luther King weekend. And I just wanted to share a link um, to a New York Times story that came out uh, earlier this week. And it's just about uh, the day and how to honor his legacy, especially this year, because there aren't going to be marches and parades. But mm -hmm. there's... Um, you know, just a little background, the day was observed um, since 1983 in the U.S. Um, it came about 15 years after the death of Dr. King. Um, and a lot of people take that day as a form of service, of reflection. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really helps uh, keep the dream alive, right? And it really helps have a remembrance and to think about things you can do. So um, there's just some cool uh, opportunities, uh, online things mm -hmm. as well, um, and some art, which I thought it would be a nice thing to share. So I'm putting that yeah. in the chat box. Um, so another couple of little trivial things about the song was uh, this uh, Blackbird and Helter Skelter were adopted by Charles Manson as part of his yeah. prophecy for a race war, which has got a negative yes. connotation for that. Because I think he used a lot of the white album for his weird dreams. Mm -hmm. um, also, the Foo Fighters uh, from and Dave Grohl played this uh at the 2016 Academy Awards for the Immemorial uh, segment. And yes. he said, it's such a beautiful piece of music, perfect in composition and performance and in its lyrics and in the range of his voice. And just learning that song made me a better guitar player and gave me a better appreciation of songwriter. To him, it is magical bliss. Yes, mm -hmm. it really is. It really, really is. Yeah, and and, and, and I that, was just looking at the chat room. Mm -hmm. um, Kenzie noted, "Imagine" is her favorite, even though it's John Lennon instead of the Beatles. Um, yeah, "Imagine" is an incredible song. Yeah, "Let It Be." Anna noted, "Let It Be" is a wonderful concept. Um, Ellie said, "I also like Sarah McLaughlin's version of Blackbird." Oh, I I don't know if I've heard that one. I bet that's beautiful. I'm sure it is. And. And Annette said that was so beautiful to hear Dave Grohl perform it. Yeah. I mean, you uh, know, one of the things that, uh, and, and I could go off on a whole tangent on this, is with the Beatles, that they, they changed music so incredibly when they came came along. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it even made my father stop and take notice, who was not big on rock and roll. So, you know. Evolutionary. Yeah. Revolutionary yeah. and evolutionary. It really took music to a different level. You know, and, um, and, as, and as, as many times as they say Paul McCartney is, to use an old 60s term, bubblegummy, um, you know, there, there's still a lot of simplistic wisdom, you know, the let it be about his mom. Or, 
And then there's mm-hmm. John Lennon with Imagine. And John Lennon was was an amazing songwriter as well. So in yeah, I, any event. Another great example of SR weaving the arts into his work of art. Absolutely. Um, and I love, again, I just love being able to explore some of these elements that he shares with us. Um, and I love the fact that he had Gabriel humming or singing these songs to little Claire. I just think it's beautiful. Well, it was funny because I was, I was going through music to, uh, to look Blackbird. There's a, on Spotify, there's a child's lullaby list that their playlist that they've created. And one of the songs is Blackbird that was on there. Also, um, You Are My Sunshine, which I think every parent has sung to their child yes. at one point in time or another. That and may end up being what uh, what Passion Flicks has them sing. Probably. <laughs> I don't think there's a. I don't think the rights would be as as uh, costly. No, and uh, you know, so it was. But it was interesting to see to see that they that it was on that list. So, anyhow, anyhow. And Lori noted that when he does a radio SR, it's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Yes, he definitely has a great appreciation for music and mm-hmm. Ellie could attest to that. I mean, Ellie has does been the, pulling the the, uh, all the playlists together since the beginning. So um, it's great. It's mm-hmm. great. A- another way to expose people to different music, um, beautiful things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Music, different art. Genres. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> And Betty asked, I wonder if Gabriel will ever record himself singing songs for baby Claire. I do I not think so. Think I think so. Julia, I think Julia will do that. Gabriel won't do that. Right. Meaning Julia will record right. Gabriel. That ab- uh. absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we've come to the end of another fun day with Crown Royal and our coffee. <laughs> and or and Bailey's if you're in my household mm-hmm. uh, I had I corrected my coffee as my friend from Venice uh, calls it and <laughs> I'm not sure the words in Italian I'm it's uh too bad Claudia is not on there she could have told us um, yes. but my friend in Venice says that's what she, they call it um when they add a little alcohol to their coffee that you're, you're correcting, correcting your coffee. the coffee yes Always, so um, always can be fun. It is. And and we are going to be having um, chapter 13 next week. week. And then in two weeks. <laughs> we're, we're celebrating Chocolate Cake Day. International Chocolate Cake Day. Two weeks from today. It's actually in the middle of that week. But um, we'll have some fun things. So mm-hmm. uh, pull out some of your favorite chocolate cake recipes. And of course, we have to revisit the scene. Oh, yes. And you know what scene we're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Feed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Pam. <laughs> yes, let them eat cake. Cake yes, for everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or chocolate donuts if it's early. That's uh, true. Could, I or, do that. I do that. Hey. Chocolate cake for breakfast. Bill Cosby actually did a great skit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> about his kids having chocolate cake for breakfast. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's got eggs. It's got milk. It's got <laughs> yeah. butter. What yeah. more could you want? 
That's right. <laughs> and Betty just said that was Julia's inner voice, right, Pam? Yes, that was. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm so glad you guys um, were able to join this morning. And for those who downloaded the podcast, I'm glad you could uh, take some time to listen to all things SR. Um, talking about silliness. chapter 12. <laughs> and our silliness and our... <laughs> Our, our corrected uh, coffee reviews. <laughs> our, yes, exactly. And uh, we are just thankful for all of you. Um, keep finding the little joy every day. And, uh, uh, oh, I'm now. I'm, now we're reading all these uh, comments about everybody's chocolate cakes. <laughs> Yum! Yeah, it's going to be fun. We thought. Well, we, you know, what better? What better way to celebrate all things SR than to. Uh, have a little fun with the uh, International Chocolate Cake Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's actually the 27th of January is technically the date. But. Technically it is, and that would have also been my father's 96th birthday. Oh, well, we'll have cake to celebrate, Pam. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so. So. Okay, everyone. All right. Have a safe week, everybody. Um um, we um, will keep everybody in our prayers for health and safety. And go from as well there. As go from there. So, we're, <laughs> well, I'm leaving you with a little, uh, the boy with the moon and shadow, or star on his head. Love it. Take care. You too. Bye. I'll tell you everything you and love is all he said. La 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 la